But as you heard, this is the second week of the Advent, and we're going to be looking at faith. And as you heard this morning with the scripture, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 1, verses 28 to really probably even 39. We'll just, I added a little extra verse there, but that's, that's for later on. That's a little special for you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together, time to come. In what we understand is such an incredible year and, and the year to be even, who knows? And just right in this moment that we can take it in, take in loved ones and friends and family and spiritual family. So help us, Lord, in this, this particular moment that we are just centering our attention towards you in everything. It's not easy to do. We do get distracted. Life goes on, we get caught up in the, uh, the affairs of life and what it asks of us, but Lord, help us to pay very careful attention either to this season that we would not miss anything you would want to say and do into our hearts and lives, we pray. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. So, I wanted to share just a couple of thoughts. I'm not going to read the scripture out, you've already had that. But I'm going to make reference to it, so we're not going to double up in that, in that way. But I know that each one of you, you are here because something happened somewhere at some particular point in your life. In fact, maybe even before you were born. So I actually believe that for each one of us who are here today, and for those maybe who aren't able to be here today, the reality is that if you have a faith, a personal faith in the living Saviour, then that has happened not only by the will of God, of course, but there was someone praying for you. There was someone pleading their case before God. There was someone interceding. There was someone saying, God, will you, you give us the souls of this city, the souls of Tasmania, the souls of Australia. I don't know where you made your decision. But someone, maybe you know who it is. Maybe it was a mum or a dad or an auntie or an uncle, a grandma, a grandpa. Maybe you don't know. Maybe we will not know until we're in heaven and that person comes up and says, I prayed for you. Now as I begin to think about this story, I start to think about why we're here and what we're doing and what God tends to do with us. It, it sort of links in a little bit with what happened to Mary and Joseph. Just minding their own business. Just doing life as they do life. And then suddenly this angel appears and starts to spread the good news. Just for your interest's sake, that in Luke chapter 1, there's lots of twos. We see two couples. Two miracles. Two pregnancies. Two suddenlies. Two angels. Two women. Two declarations, two different responses, two baby boys, and two absent fathers. Anyway, we'll leave that for another day. So here we have a story of, of, of incarnation, of the miracle of all miracles. God is going to overshadow you, Mary, and you're going to have a son. And essentially Mary says this. Okay. I started to look into this and just wonder what was going on in her mind. 
Now, I take a very simple outlook on miracles. I'm a bit of a simpleton. I try to keep things simple. Doesn't always work. <laughs> Those who know me, they're saying. But I, I take two outlooks. One is that God is all-powerful and he can intervene into our affairs at any time, anyhow. Or second, that God is no longer in control and he's not all-powerful and we're left to our own ways and devices. That's simply how I say it. You may say there's more to that, but I just like to keep it simple. So as I reflect on this story and this narrative of Mary and Joseph, there's a couple of thoughts that you and I can put into place and into practice. And if we do, I wonder what we would see different. I wonder how life would change for us. I wonder what that invitation would become. And so when we reflect on Mary and Joseph, as we said, whose faith, might I add, must have been incredible for them to continue through such a difficult time when they could have chosen to maybe lose faith and lose focus. And so here are two observations that I want to particularly note this morning that you and I maybe need to put into place in our own hearts and lives. And the first one is this, that God calls us to a curious faith. This is what I see when I look at Mary. I see this curious faith. Not a faith that's stagnant or a statement, but a faith that is living and yet curious. It's an amazing quality to have. And I just wonder with this sense of, you are favoured, Mary, twice we read it. But I wonder if this is because she had this will to want to learn. This will to want to grow. This will to want to discover. Maybe her prayer was, God, I'll do anything. I'll serve you in whatever way you choose. Who would have thought to bear God, the Son? The Son of Man. In verse 34, 34 it says, How will this be? Reads different on the screen, different translations. There's a sense of what if? Do you have, do you have any sense of what this means? Do you, are you still curious in your faith? Are you still hoping? Are you still believing? Excuse me for a moment. Are you still wondering? Well, days we get tired, don't we? When we're out of our comfort zone, we get extremely tired. COVID has brought a tiredness. There's a talk about this tiredness of COVID, an intense, intensity of anxiety particularly, but there's other things going on. Mary was definitely most outside of her comfort zone. So when I read what the angel said, it was great, but it wasn't all the information. I would have been asking for some more questions, some more, what about, what about this? The angel didn't say, well, Joseph will be okay with this. Your family will be okay with this. 
Your kinfolk and everyone and your reputation and everything that, and the family name will be okay with this. There's none of that. There's lots of dot, dot, dots and question marks. And verse 37 says this, the angel said this, but nothing is impossible for God. Faith is a lifestyle of confidence and trust in God, not a doctrine or a theology. Faith is personal. It is aligned to one greater than you and the circumstances or the situations that we face. We read earlier on in verse 20 and verse 30, the angel says, don't be afraid, and she was startled. Faith does not mean that we will not experience fear or trouble. It means that we'll never walk alone. Fear is not the opposite of faith, unbelief is. So to be curious is not the absence of fear, but in spite of it. Her question was not a denial, but a curious acceptance. How will this be? In the King James Dictionary, it says curious is to discover what is unknown. And when you read the scriptures, isn't this the very nature of God? When he says, seek me and you will find me. Ask of me and I'll declare why God wants you to be curious. He doesn't want you to be stuck in a rut. He wants you to keep learning because only when we are curious do we learn. I was a little boy once. I'm much shorter than I am now. And I remember grabbing sheets when mum wasn't looking or even towels and jumping on the shed, climbing up on the fence to the shed and thinking I'm going to be Batman. I remember. I remember jumping, curious of what will happen. And leaping off the shed and learning about gravity <laughs> very quickly. But I kept doing it. I thought I could do it. I was curious. And all of you were born curious. But we learned to stop being curious. Oh, I'm not too dignified to be curious. Oh. And we get this place where we miss out on learning and discovering what God has for us. Mary had a curious faith. I want to know. How will it be? Tell me more. I want to know. Yes, I'm in. Sign me up. I love it. Like, that's what I read anyway. Maybe we read different Bibles, I don't know. I see this life. I love it. There's a song I've been listening to, Christian song, Cody Carnes, who says this in one of the lyrics. Don't tell me he can't do it. Speaking of God, don't, don't tell me he can't do it. Albert Einstein said logic will get you, to, will get you from A to Z. Imagination will get you anywhere. We've stopped believing. We've stopped being curious. We feel like we've got to a point, but you are alive. You still have that opportunity today even to be curious in God. To be curious. 
Romans 10.11 says, Whoever believes, expects, adheres to, trusts in, relies on, in him will not be ashamed. God says, I dare you to be curious in me. I dare you to seek me. I dare you to pray. I dare you to keep pushing in. And if that prayer is not answered, or you feel it's not answered, you keep praying until something happens. You keep believing. Because that one moment you may, in that curious moment, God may break through. You don't know. When we stop praying on something, we've decided that God has said no. Who are you to say that? Who am I to say that? Faith is a great companion in this journey of life. To be curious is to be ready. Faith lifts us and it prevails us. Jesus reveals himself as the author and the perfecter of our faith. Faith gives us sight to our spirit. So we can see the supernatural beyond what is seen. Faith gives us the capacity to see supernaturally. Ephesians 1.18 I love the song, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see Jesus. It reminds us of faith. Faith that gives sight but also gives words to what we speak. Nearly shared last week that we are going to be speakers of faith. And then we read in Matthew 17, 20, that if you have faith, you shall say to this mountain. Oh, I pray, friends, that what your future will look like, I can't tell you. What I can say is that if you have a curious faith, it'll be much better. It'll be larger. It'll expand. It'll be broader. It'll be deeper. Are you still curious? Have you stopped learning, being teachable? What I notice about curiosity is it keeps us healthy, learning, and teachable. And it keeps us expectant in the things of God. That's what I observed this week with Mary. Mary had a curious faith. And I want a curious faith. I don't want to say no to God. I don't want to doubt. I don't want to think what I know is right. I want to grow. And number two, only two points today, aren't you happy? God calls us to courageous obedience. So when we have curious faith, it leads us to be courageous in action. It's not blind faith. Faith is important to God. He says that we live by faith, fight the good fight by faith, we pray by faith, love by faith, walk by faith, overcome by faith. There's protection because of faith. Hebrews 11 and 12. Verse 38, Mary answered, I am the Lord's servant. Let everything you said happen to me. Okay. And the angel left her. 
Have you ever thought about what is the purpose of faith? We've read some thoughts there. Well, we know that faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the DNA of faith, is hope. Hope is faith in seed form and faith is hope in final form. So we learn how to believe when we can't see. That faith is this conviction based upon hearing Romans 10, 9 and 10. That faith is a gift of God. It's God's grace at work in our hearts and lives. Ephesians 2, 8. So what is the purpose of faith if it is not to serve God and to be of service to God? Why? It's not about getting what we want and our needs. Isn't our faith in the end for him? That his will would be done here on earth? That we are able to reach people because we are curious about what God could do when we pray, when we pray for our loved ones and our families and those maybe who we are praying and pleading the blood of Jesus over them? Do we still believe in prayer or has it just become a formula? I'm challenged by this. What I'm sharing with you, I'm challenged by it. Let me read this to you again. It's not the purpose of faith to serve God and to be of service for God. Look at Abraham who believed God without seeing the actual reality but believed it existed. Romans 4.20 says that yet he did not waver from unbelief regarding the promise of God. In fact, he was strengthened. in his faith, and he gave glory to God, being fully persuaded. In fact, if you were to argue Abraham over what was going to come, he may not see it. He sees it in his mind, in his heart. He would argue with you. You'd debate him all day about it. But you go, show me, Abraham, show me. He goes, I, I trust God, I know God. It's there. It's coming. Who being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he promised. And this is why it was credited to him as righteousness. Faith attracts God. It is a God magnet. And in that place we grow and we are strengthened. Faith will be stretched. And that's uncomfortable. We experience and grow in our faith by learning and stepping out in the adventure of life and obedience. And then we discover that he is trustworthy. James said that I'll show you my faith by the actions I have. In 2.17 of James. Faith comes by hearing the words of the Holy Spirit. Penetrate our hearts and lives. Faith is accompanied by actions and obedience, patience and perseverance. The faith that serves is not a conclusion drawn from evidence. It is a moral thing. A thing of the Spirit a supernatural infusion of confidence in Jesus Christ, a very gift of God, A.W. Tozer. A great thought. Our words reveal very quickly our faith. 
Because faith is manifested in words. It's a spiritual principle. Mary said, okay, as you have said, so I believe it. Her faith agreed to the deep trust and conviction of what we share. I love it. And the angel really just said, remember that with God all things are possible. Your cousin Elizabeth is six months pregnant. It's a really interesting clue. So John and Jesus grew up together. Within a year apart. Mary's believing response was that she would surrender herself as God's willing servant. We see here that there was total obedience and total surrender. Here Mary shows her courageous and curious faith, but also her courageous and curious obedience. I'm afraid sometimes that we, we call faith, faith, but it's maybe not really faith, it's just some good ideas. Thinking that maybe is what we need to do or what God is saying. Maybe that pausing in that moment of being curious in our faith and saying, take me to a place, Lord, where I can believe more, that I can dare more, that I'm challenged more. Can you think of someone right now you can be praying for over this Christmas period. Maybe one, two, work colleagues, friends, family. All of us in this room at least know two or three people who are doing it tough and are struggling, either socially, emotionally, financially, or in physically. That makes a lot of people. Surely we could be curious on their behalf. And pray for them just as someone prayed for you and for me. When I was saved and I gave my life to the Lord in a prayer meeting, I remember later on that the individual said when they were praying, they said, we we're praying for someone just like you, Louis. I said, you know what you're praying? How's that? They got together and just kept praying for people, that God would reach people. They were doing it as well, the street ministry and evangelism. Someone prayed somewhere. Someone was curious enough to dare God and believe God. Wow. Wow. Those who believe obey. Any faith that does not bring and bear obedience to Jesus as Lord is inadequate. Faith is not the substitute for obedience. Faith produces action. And Mary yielded herself to the Lord and her plan, his plan for her life. Knowing full well, think about this, that she was going to experience deep shame Misunderstanding, isolation, ridicule, friction, and you name it. Remember, she's a, a woman engaged, and now she's pregnant. 
I'm not sure. I tried to research exactly when this would happen. I actually believe when the words were spoken. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. God himself will overshadow you. I believe when she received it in her heart, I believe that's when she received the promise. This is my, my thought. This young girl, it didn't matter about her reputation. It didn't really matter if her life potentially could be in threat and in jeopardy. It seems she didn't care. She just didn't care. Because she had curious faith. And she stepped out in the call of courageous obedience and delight. And she said this, it doesn't matter what people are going to say, Joseph. It doesn't matter. It only matters what God says. It only matters what God says. Curious and courageous people inspire us. <laughs> they will challenge us. They will motivate us. They will delight us. How about you? Let us, in this journey, this Advent, may we feel like sometimes situations are dead. Opportunities and doors have closed. There's no hope, there's no way, no how. Or is there? Or is there? May we go forward with certainty that God has a plan for each one of us and a destination where we can encounter him and be delighted in him. Even, dare I say, be curious. See, Mary's faith changed not only her life, but the lives of thousands. Millions, in fact. And lives are still being changed because of curious faith and courageous obedience. Friend, don't give up. Don't give up if your circumstances have turned upside down, inside out, overnight. Don't give up on what you believe and what you carry in your heart. Don't give up. Don't. Still be curious. Still believe. Still step out. Still hope. It's not over. It's not the end. Maybe it's just the beginning. When was the last time that you sensed God surround you, speak to you? When were you aware of his special presence and dwelling amongst you? What are some of the things that God has been saying to you lately as you write and pause and ponder? What is it he's saying to you? What precious words are coming alive in your spirit? They're giving you life and hope and energy for the day ahead. What? Where? Friend, be curious in faith. Be courageous and obedient. And see what God will do. So as I close in this Advent season and lead up to Christmas Eve, this festive season that is upon us, 20 days to Christmas, Commit to God's word. Commit to hearing it, reading it, seeing it, then allowing it to penetrate who you are, changing you, infusing you into the will of the Father. And I promise you, you won't see life the same again.
faithful will rise for every challenge and every obstacle and every battle. And you will know that God is with you. I close with this, a good prayer would be, Lord, help me to be curious. Make me more and more aware of the blessings I have and in the promises I've yet to behold. What's next for you? A question you might ask yourself is this, how can I grow more curious in my faith and then become courageous in my obedience so that I can serve the Lord more effectively or the way he wants me to? Let me pray. Our Heavenly Father, I'm so challenged when I just look at this young girl, this teenager Mary. We are all challenged by a largeness of heart, her tenacity, her willingness, her surrender, but most of all, her curious faith. Okay. Okay. And what we learn, Lord, in verse 39, as soon as the angel left, Mary didn't stay around. Mary didn't ponder these thoughts. She didn't wonder, and oh, that was interesting, and get back into to life. What did Mary do? She left immediately to go see Elizabeth. Courageous obedience. God was at work. Mary's life was about to change forever. And I ask you, Lord, that we want that for us, that we may be conduits and, Father, able to ripple and carry this effect into our communities, our homes, our families, our conversations. Use us, Lord. Let us still minister through us Work through us that we may see this come to reality. In your precious name we thank you. Amen.